0: Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. They the his Charlie Rose interview with mm-hmm. him just being completely butt hurt about everything.
1: <laughs> oh, I've got some things to say.
0: All right about yeah. George.
1: Yeah.
0: Like it just it just uh, I, I heard I heard about it from John first, and then I actually like saw the news uh, on it, and I was like, why is he? So? What exactly
2: did George say? Does anybody know the yeah, words that know. he spoke? <laughs> what? Whoa! I can hear myself. Does anybody Sorry. know what George Lucas yeah. said during this interview? What
1: well, he used white slaver. That's a problem, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily. I don't think he meant it. He meant it in a way because someone explained this. It, white slavers is was a stand-in for like sex trafficking. Uh, but it wasn't so much like sl- he's not saying his child are slaves. He's saying it, he meant it in a way that they're like his children be now being. Trafficked by somebody else is uh, how okay. he meant it, okay. white slavers because it's, it's a different. I guess it meant something different a long time ago. The term white slavery. the period of
2: George Lucas, <laughs> kind of, kind of like how Mary Sue meant something different. Exactly.
1: Okay. So, that's one thing Star Wars that apparently has taught us is that is, we need to watch. That the, we need to. We need to read the Wikipedia entry on certain terms. Abolish some of these old <laughs>
2: sayings that clearly are offending people.
1: He also said, "I was trying to find it and then I put my phone away." Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. Uh,
0: Real quick, welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Today, we're going to talk about George Lucas, maybe some other handful, smattering of topics, and then finally talk about Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight, uh, a couple days in the making here. Yeah,
2: it was a a true quest to see the Hateful Eight.
0: Finally got to see it, yeah. We almost
2: journeyed out in weather very similar to what they face in this film. Yeah. But, but we didn't do that.
0: We didn't. We decided not to partake in the viral marketing of the movie. <laughs> yeah,
2: we're alive. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> a lot, Quentin, for dumping snow on us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I apparently taught Tim what uh, chemtrails,
1: chemtrails I had no idea what chemtrails are. It
0: surprises me that that's not something that you... But no. it's a topic that's in your wheelhouse. Exactly. Of like just knowing, uh, knowing about it, at yeah. least.
2: Okay, I mean, uh, real quick. Before we get back to George, what is this chemtrails thing all about? Tim so, explained it a little bit to me, but I...
0: So there are in a very general sense, there are people that believe that when there are trails left in the sky by planes, uh, that is the government or some nefarious body uh, putting out some kind of airborne agent being paid by some some government or something somewhere to put out some kind of airborne agent that could be anything from like mind control to biological diseases and and all that kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and there are people that believe that.
1: Yeah, and there are also people that believe John Travolta is somehow involved. Uh, I sent a... It flies a plane, right? Yeah, he goes, our, our Travol- there's a Hard Dawn, which is a, probably a reputable website, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, has a story. I just looked at it and it says, R Travolta's gay rumors just a cover-up for his role in the Chemtrails conspiracy? So basically,
0: <laughs> John Travolta is the Poe Dameron of the Chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, um, I haven't really read it because I have a feeling if like, I kind of just like gazed at it. I, I, if, Cause you're not insane. Yeah. Cause I have a feeling if I read this, I would just go, what? <laughs> and, like, I would go, yeah. I would go be like, where's
0: that 15 minutes back?
1: But there's a picture here. It says "Travolta's secret Florida pound compound, gay orgy palace or chemtrails refueling center. <laughs>
0: oh my God. Both. <laughs> Wow, that's We're that's trying. something. Else. Yeah, so look
1: that up if you have time.
0: <laughs> Dortos. Yeah, yeah, done. yeah. Either way, um, but uh, so yeah. Oh. yeah, George Lucas uh, was on Charlie Rose yes. uh, on Christmas night, I believe. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. well, uh,
2: What is he doing? Like, hang out with your family, George. Well, it, I don't. It was. I don't think Maybe it, it was, aired on. I, Christmas I think it oh, aired yeah. on Christmas. But All right. it, uh, I was going to say,
1: come on, George.
0: Well, yeah. Well, but anyway. <laughs> He, uh... Who watches Ch- who
1: is Charlie Rose on Christmas yeah. Family gather
2: it? Come on, kids. Let's sit down and watch some Charlie Rose. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, George Lucas is a
0: nice get considering right? the, the topics of today's film news and stuff like that.
1: Star Wars? Yeah,
0: just Star Wars in general. So I guess that would maybe make some people be like, oh, it's Christmas, kids. Let's gather around the TV and watch Charlie Rose. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs>
1: And there are some people that are lonely on Christmas. This is true, too. And why not have...
0: (laughs) Not all of us celebrate Christmas. Why not have good interviews to watch?
1: Sure. and This was certainly newsworthy. Yeah. It seems like. So,
0: uh, George Lucas put his... Repeatedly put his foot in his mouth.
1: It was... Yeah.
0: Throughout the the hour conversation, I believe.
1: Yeah. well, Well, the main quote coming out of it, and I have it here, he goes, okay, he goes, I sold them to the white slavers, meaning Disney. Um, and we, that, that take these things and then Luke, he laughed cause he, I think he realized like, he's like
0: I probably like, shouldn't have said that. That was
1: probably it, with George though. I mean, you, <laughs> this is the problem with the prequels is George has locked himself away from like human interaction. Mm-hmm. You can tell and that's part of the problem with the prequels is cause he, they don't talk like humans yep. and cause George hasn't listened to that in a while. So when he gets <laughs> out on, when he gets out on these interviews, you, you can tell he's, he's just not comfortable. Yeah. Being in that
0: yeah. It's not socially.
1: Right. Um, and then he goes, they wanted to do a retro movie. I don't like that. Every movie I, I work very hard to make them completely different with different planets and different spaceships. Make it new. Um, they looked at the stories and they said, we want to make something for the fans. They decided they didn't want to use the, these stories. They decided they were going to do their own thing. They weren't that keen on having me involved anyway, but if I, if I get in there, I'm going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do. And I'm, and I don't have the control anymore. And I would like, and I would do is muck everything up. And so I said, okay, I'll go my own way, and I'll let them go their own way. Is what he said.
2: Um, well, apparently, part of the agreement, and I didn't, I guess I didn't realize this when all the big news about the four billion dollars sale of Star Wars and Lucasfilm to Disney happened, is that one of the things that was agreed upon was that he had these treatments written. Him and Michael Arndt had worked on these treatments for these these this sequel trilogy, and that whoever was going to helm the next movie was going to take that and use that as the basis for their their movie. And then at some point during the after the dotted line was signed and and George had no say in it whatsoever, somebody went, "We're not doing any of that." <laughs> yeah. And so he's he's a little bummed about it. Yes.
0: Yeah, and i i I guess that's f- fair, but I also think that. That early in the process, if you kind of go through it and realize things don't work the way that they should or that you want to make the movie better in some way. I don't think you necessarily like need to be beholden to something that's not written in stone, you know.
1: I think also there is a certain level of and this was kind of my thing with um, when Whedon said something about Trevorrow and the whole misogyny thing. There's a certain level of you're like bad form. I mean, there's yeah like he comes off he comes off bad when you criticize someone who is a peer or someone who's doing the same <laughs> thing as you because why put that negativity out there,
2: yeah, and Trevor at the time is here's a guy who made one independent yeah. you know smaller independent film, good for good on I mean it was it's like local boy makes good like he's been gonna make the New Jurassic Park, right. you know now anybody can bash Trevor all they want because he's got the highest grossing well, the highest grossing movies yeah. of all time, but at the time, it did feel bad because it's like, and you came from kind of like you, right? You know, you yeah. kind of financed a lot of your own stuff, and you really worked. I don't know, but anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, yes.
1: Oh no no. no. It's, it, so there is a certain level, and he, because it's Lucas, the way he presents things isn't exactly good. <laughs> Try to think yeah. of a word, he comes across as kind of, comes across as kind of whining. Um, but here's Star Wars fans and George Lucas is an interesting relationship to me. I... I I don't necessarily... If you ask him his opinion on a movie, he's going to give his opinion on a movie. If he's bummed that they just... Because they just kind of remade his movie. Like, they kind of did a remake of the first movie, I think. Yeah. So, if he... I can see why he's bummed. Because say what you want about the prequels, and I don't like any of them. Um, But he tries to do something different with them. The story is different. Um, This one just kind of goes back. They say it's for the fans. And it goes back and just kind of beat by beat... It's kind of a reboot, remake of the first one. It it is. It's one of the complaints I have with the movie. I actually, I think I would probably fall in line with George Lucas when it comes to my opinion. It's
0: it's not that his opinion of it is invalid. Right. I I think he's hitting the nail on the head. Right. At the same time, could you not go back and say there are some similar elements in Phantom Menace as there are in A New Hope? Right. There are like he he purposefully wanted to mirror that trilogy mm-hmm. in certain ways, and this taking like the Force Awakens maybe takes that to a further extent, but I don't I don't know it just feel it, he feel it feels like somebody who's just super butthurt hurt about yeah like uh, you know somebody else is dating your wife now sorry right. <laughs> that's good <but> I- <laughs> like. Yeah. I guess... I wonder- and, oh, by the way, you made $4 billion by breaking up with her. So, <laughs> shut up. But uh, but then he gave it all to charity. So, I was don't, gonna say- don't shut up, George Lucas. Yeah.
1: George is on some nice stuff with his money, too. Yeah. Seems- but I do want to say, back to the Star Wars fans thing real quick, I, mm-hmm. I get an uncomfortable place with a lot of it because there are a lot of people now who feel like they're defending a corporation over a creator. Like, they, they have taken to kind of crapping on George Lucas... Um, who created this thing they love and have spent billions of dollars on and made him rich and they've decided i mean this was his creation um it was yeah. his, uh, it was all from the mind of i'm sure he had input I, I know there's some stories about his wife at the time um had a lot of a lot to do with star wars but it feels weird to me that fans have now decided to uh, seemingly side with Disney, who I guess needs all the defense they can get or uh, want <laughs> Yeah,
2: no, no, that is silly because it's like it's Disney. Yeah. Like this is not Colin Trevorrow, young aspiring filmmaker. This is Disney. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you guys don't need to like jump in defense. They'll be okay. They're gonna. Yeah. And there's,
1: a,
0: I think it's just one of those things where uh, because you maybe look up at him as as the creator, you look at him and see see him disparaging. The latest part in a series that he created, and mm-hmm. it just kind of is like, and 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 it seems fairly petty. On top of that, right? And it's a very public airing of these grievances. It's right. like these are things that don't need to be said. Certainly not now and in this forum. Yeah, but, it c-
1: yeah. Maybe down the road it would come off a little better, but yeah. Or he's yeah, just keep it to yourself. But I mean, if he's asking in an interview what he yeah, thinks of it, that's true.
0: Just, and before this even even then he was like this isn't where I would have headed with this trilogy mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like yeah we know, cuz you wouldn't made it dumb but <laughs> you know it, i feel like he's been he was more eloquent about it previously you're right yeah and,
1: he's a little more diplomatic to me. yeah <laughs> um, but no it's just i don't know star wars fans have been kind of
0: uh, not not to defend Star Wars fan or, you or the, know, the, the, the crazy fanatics the of anything.
1: Yeah. And it's always been a weird relationship. Willie and I were talking about, uh, they made that People vs. George Lucas documentary mm-hmm. not too yeah. long ago. And I mean, w- the worst crime he committed was he made uh, movies they didn't like yeah. with his own universe that he created. I mean, it's really, what are you so... I, there's this idea now, and it seems to permeate a lot of things, but the audience... Seems to think they should get what they want all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
2: it's true, and it's 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 not just Star Wars; it's everything. Yes, yeah, uh, it's pro wrestling. Yes. um, is a really good example of that. No, but um, it's the millennials you were speaking <laughs> of in your Star
0: Wars uh,
1: sometimes, thesis. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes you don't get what you want. And it sucks, but you still have the thing you loved. Yep. Um,
2: that's the that's the problem there too. Is it's these people that are so upset at George Lucas and he destroyed, you know, what was it? He raped my childhood is what they say all the time. And stuff like that, like shut up. Like it's not, it's, that's ridiculous. Like I, I I just don't, I don't get that mindset. I mean, I I think that at some point fans decide that it belongs to them. Yeah. That that's theirs. It's not. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well but even on top of that what comes with that is like these are the people that will sit there and talk about well is this canon or is that canon blah 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 the idea that they wouldn't just be like I choose to not
2: it's so Pay easy. It's so easy to yeah. just ignore other stuff. It's so easy. Honestly, I do it all the time with with stuff that I like.
1: I've done it with seasons of television before. Yeah, yeah.
2: where it hits a certain point and I go, "That is not in my version of this. Yeah, this story It's this just is not... better without it." And absolutely, it can still exist, but it's not something I care about. Yeah, and, like who cares what's canon at this point? You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, if you're, if I guess, if you're a super completist and you want, you know, you want to know, you want some sort of official, you know. Uh, word on what's included in this actual story fine if you want that to exist but if you hate something just because they say that it's part of it doesn't mean you need to pay attention to it yeah. it doesn't it's yeah this
0: time know. through watching previous star wars movies i just didn't watch one through three and did, and <laughs> yeah. did it hurt at <laughs> all didn't, didn't hurt the four five and six it didn't hurt the completest in me i was just kind of like i don't feel the need to watch these and they're yeah, there so.
2: I, I don't acknowledge them yeah that's fine yeah there you go. Way to way to be like so cool about it. Alex. Well, I don't need to,
0: to. you don't need to toot my horn about it. It's not. <laughs> that's that's the thing is that. No, it's you're not a like, great person. <laughs> it's not some toot, toot, toot. insane feat
2: that I have the ability to ignore movies. No, honestly though, honestly though, it's funny because it's. I think less people can do that than. I don't know. Maybe the ones that are, I guess it's just the people that are more vocal are the ones that can't help yeah. themselves. I don't well,
0: know. Well, write into feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. Let us know what movies you can't ignore because they're terrible. Or
2: the ones that you go, I, I ignore that. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. tell us.
0: Yeah.
2: What's canon for you in your favorite series? Yeah, Is there exactly. something that you go, no way, that's Do not part
0: of it. Do you hate Back to the Future 2 but somehow love Back to the Future 3? I... Let us know.
1: Think an example, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Sandman does not kill Uncle Ben. Or it has no involvement in Uncle Ben's death in my mind. Yeah, like that never happens to yeah. me. I ignore but it. But you still kind of like Spider-Man Three. I still kind of like Spider-Man Three. Yeah, and I, when I watch the first one, I don't think we're Sandman at, right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just go, God, that's- they
0: ruined the first
2: one because <laughs> Sandman. So yeah. your fan, your your mental fan edit just excludes that part yep. of the. Yeah,
1: there yeah. you go. Okay,
2: that's a whole another level, Tim. <laughs> You're ignoring a couple scenes out of a movie. <laughs> Somebody's remembering the events here, and they're, they're, their their memory's foggy. That's what it is. <laughs> That's fun. Beautiful. I, real quick, Doctor Strange. I, we saw a picture of his yeah, costume.
0: first images yeah. of Doctor Strange.
2: Yeah, he looks really awesome. It looks great. I didn't know what to expect, because I was like, maybe they're going to go with more of a... They're kind of uh, having the comics and the movies fall in line a little bit in terms of character design now. Like, they're kind of blending the two. Mm-hmm. I think they've taken away the, um, the rings on you know, oh. America's helmet and stuff. I mean, it's a different character right now in the comics but still they, they've kind of taken that away and stuff and so I figured like the new Doctor Strange costume in the comics the one that's very streamlined and like black cloak with like some red on it I'm like that's the, the, gonna be the movie one and that's fine yeah. but then he comes out with this and he's yeah. got a collar and it's red and it's blue he's got a big fucking talisman on his like dangling from his his neck <laughs> feathered hair it, beautifully feathered hair yeah. gray streaks on the side yep. Uh, didn't see any leopard gloves I'm okay with that um <laughs> No, it looks it looks great. It looks really cool.
1: Who else in that? Rachel McAdams.
2: McAdams is playing. I we don't really know who she's playing. Actually, some people have said Night Nurse. Some people have said Clea. Okay. Some people have said both. Um, we've Who's, got Chiwetel Ejiofor yep. is playing Baron Mordo. Oh, awesome. We've got um, Tilda Swinton as the ancient Tilda Swinton as oh. the ancient one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good.
2: Um, we've got uh, Mads Mikkelsen as unnamed villain who will probably be the Dread Dormammu. Oh. I would think. <laughs> um I think that's pretty that's much really the castle. Scott,
1: Scott Derrickson, right? The director. Yeah. yeah. And, Derrickson. I, okay. and I anyway.
2: haven't been nuts about his movies thus far, but I I think it's been more on a story level than a filmmaking level. Like I think yeah. technically he's been
1: I haven't necessarily he's he's done Sinister?
2: Sinister, um the one with the Iraqi war vet the you know, Eric Band is in it. Deliver us from Evil. I think he did that oh, too.
1: Oh, I never saw that one. I did see Sinister. I wasn't crazy about it. I didn't like hate it or anything though. I, I yeah, same here. I, I could see why people liked it. I watched why going, yeah. okay. All right. I just, it just—it was kind of like one of those not my cup of tea. And I and think he it,
0: also did Day of the Earth Stood Still and Exorcism of Emily Rose.
1: Oh, neither of which I liked. But <laughs> <laughs> um, right, and oh. I.
2: So he's zero oh four for me technically, but I don't know. I mean, it, I, I don't think that it means the guy is gonna. It's a very different kind of movie. So yeah, we'll see. I think it's cool that like a horror director is getting a gig this big. That's neat like even if i'm yeah. not nuts about his movies like i think that's very cool
0: my sister in law just lent me what we do in the shadows
2: Oh, that's really. Oh good. God, I need to watch. When are we doing our top ten review like thing? I think we're gonna give it a couple
0: weeks into January because I need a few. I, I need. I know, a few. There's a few yeah. that I want to catch up on, and I'm always okay with that because you know we're we're smaller team of people with less time on our hands. That so should be
1: one of
2: the ones you guys watch though. No, I that's really on, on the list. I think all the ones on my list are horror movies. It's funny. Does Which, anybody? What are, the, what are the movies you guys have on your list? Like you have to watch it before we start doing our top ten. I
0: really want to watch Spotlight. Spotlight. And, what's that? Um, Spotlight is the movie with. Uh,
1: Keaton's in it yeah um, Buster Keaton no Buster. Michael Keaton <laughs> Michael I'm Keaton, like what uh, Alex P. Keaton yeah
0: <laughs> Michael Keaton uh, the Hulk right now Mark Ruffalo yep <laughs> I couldn't think of his name it's about starring the Hulk right now <laughs> yes
1: Buster Keaton in a loofer right now <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: No, um, they they are people at a newspaper that begin to uncover the uh, Catholic uh, uh, Catholic Church sex scandal. child abuse oh, interesting. scandal. So yeah, I
1: really wanted to see that too. I
0: want to check that out. There's a few other ones like um, Carol and Brooklyn and uh, the Danish Girl and things that I would like to see, but I don't know if I'm going to get out there to see them.
2: Well, it's 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 not easy. So yeah,
0: they're not they're not the most widely available things, but I think some of them are around here at least that's kind of all that I can really think of that's on there. Okay. What about you, Tim?
1: Um, knowing my taste, um, I have actually I've done a good job keeping up on the ones that I think... I mean, Hateful Eight was on there mm-hmm. that I wanted to see. And then Shrek came out this week, too. Have, so. Did
0: you... Have you... Um, Shrek? <laughs> Sh- 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 Chirac. Yes. The reboot of Shrek. Uh, <laughs> that's likely. <slightly.
1: laughs> <laughs> have,
0: you, have you started laying out a top ten? Like, Do you yeah. have a pretty full
1: list? Yeah, I have got right now. I I've been doing this at work. Um, <laughs> I did, no, I did it at work the other day because I it wasn't it, busy. And um, I've I've got like fifteen to twenty movies that I'm kind of juggling between. I really liked a lot of the movies I saw this year. Wow. Um. So, but I I've caught up pretty much horror wise. There was only yeah. Um. The only ones I think that might make it that I haven't seen would be. Maybe the Adam McKay movie that you saw, Big Short.
0: Yeah, I saw I'm the Big Short. I'm very interested
1: in that. Spotlight looked good, but Spotlight, maybe Carol. I don't I,
0: I, uh, I also need to watch Straight Out of Compton because I didn't see that. That's one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. You know what? The big one that comes out like first week in January, they need to see a Sicario. Ah, uh,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. You got to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me and Earl and the Dying Girl is another one I wanted to check out, and Room as well. Oh,
2: know. yeah, those two are are on my list of ones I wanted to see. Room, especially. Yeah. Um, uh, Revenant. Yeah, the Revenant, the Revenant.
0: is also hopefully the, here soon.
2: That's on there, and then um, most of the ones just by Tim is it Trumbo. Trumbo, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Final Girls. Final. Yeah. I need to see, I need to see. Um, Good night, mommy.
1: Yes, Goodnight Mommy is one I have not seen I want to see.
2: It's on like on demand and what stuff Good now. What is Goodnight so. Mommy?
1: It's a horror. Okay. Uh, yeah,
2: it's like two two twin children I believe yes. and they their mother has cosmetic surgery um and she comes back from cosmetic surgery and and is acting strangely and they're not convinced it's their mom that came back. Mm. It, it's apparently incredibly creepy. It's
1: been a really interesting. I've been suggesting movies, but it's been a really interesting year for like independent horror, mm-hmm. like low budget stuff. Did you guys see Outside. The Visit yet? That's another one.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that would make my list. So I'm not. That's not one that I have to see, okay. as I doubt it would make my list anyway. But who knows?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I was able to catch Bone Tomahawk and mm-hmm. um, I watched uh, Beast of No Nation. I watched that mm-hmm. one too. Mm-hmm. Beast of No Nation. Um, Go
0: back to our double yes. double feature review. Of review of <laughs> Beast of No Nation and Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. What a double
1: feature! Yeah,
2: we didn't think it could get darker than that. Yeah, and now we're going to review <laughs> hatefully. <Eight. laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I, I. I'm really happy. I saw Bone Tomahawk. That one might make the list. I'm. I, I'm at exactly ten. I had like the exact opposite of year as Tim, and I think I saw less movies than you guys this year, um, because of all the shit I had going on this yeah. year and stuff. And then um, I think I just I don't know maybe I liked less this year I don't know
0: yeah my top four are pretty solid and then I have probably a list of maybe ten movies that I would either like to see or that could potentially end up on the top ten but they're not like really solid picks it's just like what am I filling in the rest of my list with mm-hmm. no but, I gotcha um, I have
2: a top three for sure and I don't that's not going to go anywhere at this juncture yeah. unless Revenant happens to be. You know, enough to knock
0: one out. It might. Uh, I did see The Big Short, as Tim mentioned. I guess I should talk about it a little bit because I don't think we're going to review it. Um, It's a very interesting movie and it's kind of weirdly educational and also it breaks the fourth wall a lot, which I find really interesting and kind of that combination of things works really well for the subject matter of the housing bubble and uh the the movie's very infuriating because that whole situation is infuriating and um it's kind of scary that that kind of stuff can happen like there are elements of the movie that you kind of just think these have to be utter bullshit but on the other hand all the evidence points to a lot of it being true and that's sad and scary and terrifying so it's the best horror movie of the year (laughs) and uh People should check it out <laughs> if they're interested. But don't be fooled by the like weird comedic thing they're trying to spin it as because it's not really. A yeah, comedy. the vibe
2: of the trailer is really comedic, and then I mean, you know, you throw Steve Carell in there, and not and it's
1: that, Adam McKay who directed it too. Yeah. The, yeah, a lot of the Will Ferrell.
0: The it, it's not there are some comedic beats. There are some very funny moments in the movie, but it's overall I wouldn't necessarily call it comedic. So. Um, Yeah, go check it out if that's your kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, okay, I think we can head into our review of Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Uh, Starring Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Walton Goggins, Damien Bashir, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and Bruce Dern. Uh, The IMDb synopsis says, in the dead of a Wyoming winter, a bounty hunter and his prisoner find shelter in a cabin currently inhabited by a collection of nefarious characters um couldn't tarantino
1: did we
2: review django we too do. boy so. i don't
1: think we ever did i think a couple people talked about it on the top 10 yeah it was
2: this time of year and we were squeezing things in yeah um because we barely did a review of zero dark 30 we almost yeah. didn't do one of those so yeah
0: yeah so i don't we haven't touched a tarantino single tarantino much, review then. So this is our first full Tarantino review. Mm-hmm. Wow! Um, just real briefly, uh, we're all Tarantino fans. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Tarantino? You would say Jackie Brown. Uh, Jackie
1: Brown. Yeah. If I were gonna, yeah, it's Jackie Brown.
0: Willie's, without a
1: doubt. Reservoir Dogs.
2: Yeah, mine's still Reservoir Dogs and Glorious Bastards. Edge close, and then Django edged that out a little bit. But I, I, Reservoir Dogs is is it's a. F- uh, It can never be replicated. It's kind of its own special thing. So
0: I, uh, I'm one of the, I think few that really enjoys the Kill Bill films. Mm. Um, I like the Eastern influence on those movies, and I enjoy them quite a bit. Yeah, they're 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 really interesting. It's Pulp Fiction is really really good (laughs) too. So
1: I've never I including Death Proof I've never disliked is Tarantino He's never made a
0: bad movie. Yeah. 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 I should say I've never seen Jackie Brown or Death Proof. Okay. Those are the ones that... Of Tarantino-directed movies that I have not seen.
1: I think... Yeah. I think, you'd, I think you'd like Jackie Brown. I don't know if Grindhouse would be up your
0: I'm, alley. I'm doubting it. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. Especially Death it's Proof. It's worth watching, though. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's an interesting exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt is, Russell's
0: pretty cool. Okay. Good to know. But, uh, yeah. The Hateful Eight. I think we started talking about this movie... A long time ago when I think Quentin was being butthurt about certain oh, that's things. Because right. <laughs> the script leaked or something like all kinds mm-hmm. of ridiculous stuff happened with it. So search for The Hateful Eight on our website to see what else we talked about with the movie. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We can just talk about what we thought of The Hateful Eight. Uh, Tim, your thoughts?
1: Liked it a lot. Um, not sure where... It's a movie where I got out of it and was said to you guys, I, I go, I really want to watch rewatch that again so I can pick up on some of the stuff he peppers through in the movie and pick up on what I think is are the bigger themes in it because I'm not completely sure I got all of it. Um, but I don't want to rewatch it right away yeah. because it is exhausting and dark, really dark and mean spirited, and it's it's the. A little bit of spoilers, not really for Inglorious Bastards and Django, but those two movies kind of rewrite history at the end of their um at the end of it and they give you some kind of catharsis at the end of the movie yeah. where you, you go finally. Like the, yeah. The, this does not do that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this um it it ends it's it's so down. I mean it's <laughs> It's really it's a it's the work of a, a person who seems very frustrated with human beings. <laughs> so um, it's a very I think there's a lot to chew on with the movie.
0: Yeah, uh, we should say we saw the 70 millimeter roadshow. Yeah, version. yeah, we did. We didn't get our programs because they ran out. That's bullshit. But <laughs> um, we we did see the the version that had the overture with the score at the beginning and I think eight extra minutes and um and also a 15 minute intermission which in was week. lovely it was great yeah. it's a great thing I wish there were more intermissions in movies because I wouldn't the weird things my body does to me when I'm seeing a movie that I want to see wouldn't be an issue you and I have the exact
2: same problem yeah it's so. like instantly I have a nervous bladder as soon as I walk yeah, exactly. into it. yeah it's like you know. it's hey, only the ones I really want to see
0: too exactly <laughs> it could sit through like no offense but the last witch hunter completely <laughs> all the way through But no offense, but- <laughs> no offense. <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> but but then you know sit down to watch you know, captain america or something like that i'll
2: have to pee during captain america civil war yeah it will have to happen at some yeah. point because i'm already thinking about that yeah
1: uh, uh, maybe we should touch on i just wanted to, i wanted to talk a little bit about 70 millimeter should we oh, do that later yeah unless uh,
0: it's like spoilery like.
1: yeah the road show uh what did you guys think of it i'll say uh, i'll just get i really liked it um we had no hiccups other than the program running out, but as yeah. far as Projector goes, we had no hiccups. I thought it's a it's something that I think could work with, I mean, going forward, I was wondering what you guys thought, if this is something you would like to see more of, or I think it's got to be for certain directors. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarantino, the intermission in this, and it's not only a good thing because it's long, but it also comes at a perfect time in this movie because it's... You want to talk about what just happened, yeah. uh, and, it, and it helps you because it's so that first that first act is it's pretty much act one up until the intermission, and then gets into act two and act three later. It, it's pretty much an hour and a half first act. It seems like, and there is a lot to digest, and I think the intermission actually helps with that.
2: Yeah. Um, Absolutely, I mean, I can imagine how much more I would have liked Kill Bill if it had been both movies together with an intermission between. Like, yeah. I think I would have enjoyed that it. That would have been a, a pretty... lot more, because yeah. you can talk about the stuff you just saw, like you were saying, Tim. You can get up and use the bathroom. If you're a smoker, you can go smoke. If you need a refill on your pop, you can get a refill. All this stuff that you can do, and then on top of that, like the like as we were talking about it, I was getting more psyched for the second half. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god! Like, what's <laughs> going to happen now?" You know, that was that was really cool. I Never experienced anything like that, so that was really nice. Yeah, I
0: I thought it was a really awesome presentation in terms of like sitting down to the movie and no trailers which is great cuz you don't need to put another 15 minutes on a 3 hour and 8 minute movie plus a 15 minute intermission as well so that was great but sitting down and having the overture playing and kind of drinking in the the score of the movie i think was a really cool experience and then as you said Tim like having that You knew that something was going to happen before that intermission. And having that intermission to kind of decompress and think about a little bit and wonder where the movie was going to go from there, I think, enhanced the experience as well. And, yeah, it's not like I want to see... I never paid to see, like, Red State or Tusk on the Roadshow versions that Kevin Smith did for that. But I'll do it for Quentin Tarantino. If this is how... Christopher Nolan was doing his movies.
1: I think he's someone, yeah.
0: This this totally fits. Uh, so yeah, I I think I think it's a really cool model.
1: I guess they're never going to do it cuz of money, but this would work really well story-wise for a lot of the two-parters how Hollywood seems to be kicking out. Like, yeah. like even the Hunger Games or the Harry Potter movies would probably benefit from a release like this. But yeah. so you make the story-wise. ticket
2: price a little bit higher like they did with this because it's you're getting more out of it i mean you're getting more time in the theater out of it right and you're getting that bathroom break and it's kind of a luxury a luxury really right and so you charge a tiny bit more for a ticket and you make a i don't know
1: yeah, yeah. and then the film i mean i thought it i thought it i really touched on it in the car too i thought it enhanced certain aspects of the movie um because the movie is so it takes place in in a small room for most of it, maybe not so much that those parts of the movies, because it, it's really parts of it feel like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but a lot of the shots of the scenery, the outdoors, um, Wyoming, um, and the mountains and everything look beautiful. I thought on film.
0: Yeah, and there was something I know. Willie really also said that like in the 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 cabin, it didn't really do much or really enhance the experience. But there were a few scenes that, and I wish Nick was here to talk about it, there were a few scenes that would kind of use this really weird mixed focus where you'd have somebody way in the background in focus and somebody in the foreground in focus, but, like, the things around them would be blurred in between. And I don't really understand how that was done, and I don't think it would necessarily be able to be done in camera digitally necessarily, but I don't know. I'd... Totally talking out of my ass here, so yeah, who knows? But yeah, that, yeah,
1: that was not, I. I couldn't. I didn't know if that was. I, I think it was intentional. Actually, now, now yeah. that I think about it, because of where the story was at at that point, mm-hmm. so never mind that. First, I the first thing I thought is, oh, it's kind of blurry because it's film. Like, yeah, it's kind of out of focus. But no, I, now that I think about it, I think that was intentional.
0: So. Yeah, I think it was intentional, but I don't know if it was something that that you could actually pull off right and in in a in a digital environment but i could be totally wrong so anyway willie what did you think of the movie overall
2: i i really enjoyed it um it is very 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 dark and very mean um <laughs> which is not for everybody but i think at this point people should pretty much know whether or not they're in for a quentin tarantino movie or not so uh, there you go um you know what you're getting into yeah I, I think if you're a fan of his previous work you can see elements of that in this i think it's kind of a weird mix of reservoir dogs and Django, which i think are my two favorites so yeah. i was like okay cool I'm, I'm down for that um the film the the film aspect the the 70 millimeter that we saw it on was particularly awesome in the ex- like the landscape shots like the the sweeping exterior yeah. shots of the wyoming or colorado i don't know where he shot this but the yeah. wilderness space beautiful to, it was
0: Portraying Wyoming, Wyoming, right,
2: so. and it, it probably was. He seems like the kind of guy who would go exactly where he's setting his movie. So, um, really beautiful stuff, um, and a totally different vibe than what you would capture through a digital, um, yeah. uh, filming process. But um, no, I really liked it. It's uh, it's got a fantastic score by Ennio Morricone. He just, I mean, honestly, he's putting on a clinic during this this movie. Um, the parts that are meant to unnerve you really unnerve you the parts that where you're meant to um where it's meant to take on more of an adventurous tone it does a really good job Mm -hmm. of that he hits some really classical like western movie cues that he's kind of the master of so he really does a lot of great stuff with 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 neo you know composing um performances are all really good um (laughs) Tim Roth is doing a Christoph Waltz impression the whole time, <laughs> yeah. but he's really funny. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, whatever. Because I enjoy ridiculous. Tim Roth. Yeah, and I love Tim yeah. Roth. So, um, so that was fun. Um, in spoilers while well, the talk, we we had a small bet beforehand because yeah. there's a guarantee that not everybody's walking out of this movie alive. It's yeah. a Quentin Tarantino movie, so we kind of bet as to who we we picked our our winner for who would survive throughout the movie. I think we can say who we picked.
0: We won't talk about who we. Who, I think we should. We can Warner say lost. who we picked.
2: Yeah, so I, I picked I picked Tim Roth. That yeah. was my choice for who I thought was going to make it all the way.
0: I went with uh, I thought for sure Walton Goggins is dead, and I thought uh, um, Bruce Dern would make it out alive. That was my those are my picks. Okay. Tim,
1: I thought um, Sam Jackson. I picked Sam Jackson. Yeah. At the so
0: beginning. we'll comment on who who was correct later on. In the it episode.
2: was fun. I think we should do this for the Ray Tarantino. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a good idea. So
2: yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: Alright. Uh I enjoyed the movie. Um I I don't know that it really uh excels. I think it in terms of Tarantino for me, I really enjoyed Inglorious Bastards and Django. And this doesn't necessarily feel like it hits those heights for me, but I still think it's a it's a good movie to go see. Um in terms of like the like as I said with the score the score is Amazing. It's beautiful and it fits the film so well and it sets such an interesting mood. And and the title cards, when you get Enio's name and you get this gigantic dramatic music stab, I was like, Yeah, you get that. You're allowed to have that, Anyo. <laughs> if anybody can do it, it's you. So that was really, really cool. Um and as Willie said, I think everybody turns in a a pretty great performance, with the exception of Jennifer Jason Lee. I didn't really enjoy I can talk about it more in spoilers but I didn't necessarily enjoy her her performance that well. Um but she does an okay job. Um in terms of the fact that it's 187 minutes long in the road show environment uh really there's not there I mean there are scenes that I think there are things here and there that you could cut that I think would trim it down a bit. But most of it, I think, were things that I wanted to see, and so I think it
2: I think it all feels fairly necessary at least um, there's a lot of that stuff too, real quick. I just want to mention a lot of that stuff that is so unnecessary, really things like people watching somebody unfold a bandana and then fold it again, and then yeah. like, but Tarantino does that all the time, like he shows the process. i remember uh one of my most fascinating thing for me with Tarantino's movies was in Django. When Christoph Waltz pours a beer and then like wipes the foam off with that little stick, and I was like, "No one needs to see that," but it's it's just he he loves showing little details of that. Well,
0: and I was thinking specifically earlier on in the movie, there are a few times where they cut to shots of the horses on the trail, and I'm just kind of like, "You did it once. I don't need to see it a few more times." But you know, it wasn't a big deal. Um, What else do I want to talk about? I don't know. The movie goes places that I didn't expect it to. Absolutely. Like, this is one of those movies where I did see the trailer because I think I might have spoken about this before, but I tend to have this. um, I forget how much I like Tarantino until I watch the movie. And then usually as soon as I'm done, I forget it again. But and I don't understand why that's the way I am with Tarantino movies. But I did see the trailer for this movie because I was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? And the trailer gives me a very different indication of where the movie goes, yeah. And and I kind of, I I like that. I think that's great. Um, which tells me that it didn't matter that I saw the trailer at all. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, it didn't tell you
0: anything really. Yeah, it just gave you the it gave you that IMDb synopsis, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. Yep. So that's that's great.
2: And Kurt Russell's mustache. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I could always use more of that in my life, but, um yeah I don't know if there's too much more to say in non spoilers.
1: I would so. say just real quick um I think it's i think they're doing the road show for another week after when i think this podcast will release. I think they're doing it till january ninth or twelfth somewhere around that yeah they're doing it in two so um I think I would suggest seeing it that way if you <laughs> have the time, and if you have the time it is,
0: and it's near you, and
1: it's near you, yes, I would.
0: And you're listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> you should be going to see the road. Show. And
1: one of the main reasons, because and you guys touched on it, is the <laughs> one of the main reasons I'd suggest is because that overture at the beginning is yeah. I don't know if. I... I it it was so cool the way it set the, set the tone for the rest of the movie because mm-hmm. it's the music is terrifying. To Absolutely, me. <laughs> like it was. I like you sit down and you hear that music and it's not like a it's not rollicking western music. It's like a, you're going to get three hours of people being awful to each other and shooting, which is down.
2: exactly <laughs> what you get. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, it, it sets the tone early, and the, the whole movie sets the tone early because it it opens with just like a lingering shot of a cross.
2: In yeah. snow, and it's- yeah, and like a withered Jesus, like, <laughs> yeah. like yes. drowning in snow. It's horrific. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I should, should have kicked Nick's ass into going. I don't because the whole cinematic experience of this is something that I, I feel uh, like. He, I am.
2: I'm bummed for him that he missed out on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah,
0: but he didn't. He didn't. He doesn't care about this movie very much. So. I know. Yeah. To each their own. <laughs> but anyway, we will take a quick break. We'll be right back with Spoiler Terry for The Hateful
3: Eight.
0: Here we are Spoiler Terry for The Hateful Eight. Uh, so I think we collectively theorized the extra six minutes in the roadshow version was the was the um, narration, the narration right back from the intermission. It's
2: kind of a montage of what everybody's doing post um, Bruce Stern's character being killed. Yeah, and the narrator is literally saying, "Last time we saw our characters, I can't see how that fits in." i like i guess it could but it, it really felt like that was that's what felt like the extra footage to me none of it was necessary but it it also wasn't just like eight minutes of fluff where i'm like great i'm glad i came and saw this for that eight. you know what i mean yeah if the reason why you're going is the extra footage it's not it's not a waste of your time yeah you know so i think that i think that was it i'm yeah. pretty sure
0: um how did you guys feel about the narration that pops up in the middle of the movie it's very Tarantino.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't because it, it feels like it's kind of um, it's one of those things. And part part of the reason the seventy millimeter kind of film thing worked for me is because he 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 has this thing where he reminds you you're watching a movie. Yeah, he and he's always done that. Um, in fact, I mean, Inglorious Bastards ends with him reminding you like this is all a story. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is a movie, um, and that's why the film I think. The film does that a couple times, and Tarantino does it all the times with kind of his uh, his song choices too. Yeah. So, I mean, he uses a couple in here that are modern day. There's a Jack White. The Jack White song early on is is funny to me for a couple couple reasons. I I, I always like that song. It's Apple Blossoms by the Apple Blossom by the White Stripes It's one of my favorite White Stripes songs. But it's also Jack White's also a guy who fetishizes old vinyl yeah. and things like that. So it's kind of it's kind of a fun choice. I thought. Jack uh, White is his kinship in <laughs> yeah, the music. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, the, the narration, I actually, I, for some reason, there are parts in the, in the second half of the movie, uh, post-intermission, where I thought we were going to get more of that kind of breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff, but it, it doesn't, and I think that's okay. It it never goes to the point, like in Django, where he shows up in the movie. Yeah. And that was a... That's weird. I, I've never... Got that part of Django, but
2: yeah, that that sequence is very odd.
1: <laughs> it's very odd, and I don't, and I've never got it. We, that, we can talk about that. Yeah. Some other.
2: <laughs> well, no, can you remind me real quick? Well, <laughs> this is after Candyland is destroyed. Well, not destroyed, but it's after Calvin Candy is killed, and um, uh, what's his what's the dentist? Uh, mm. What's his name is killed, and so it, it, and Django is captured or sent back into slavery, and he's with these Australian like slave trade guys and one of them is quentin, quentin tarantino. tarantino okay
1: and it was, quentin tarantino blows up right
2: he explodes he, from he dynamite explodes. but he's he's awful i mean he's not a very good actor to begin with yeah um especially when he's directing himself and then he's got this really shitty australian accent and that whole sequence i always i remember going this is weird
1: it, it is weird and i've never it's in, it has to be in there because he always does things for a reason and it's has to there has to be a reason for it, and there has to be a reason because it's very distracting. Everybody it. and then on top of it, he blows himself up. <laughs> <laughs> I've always just thought I like I I've never understood that part. If anybody has a like, rate right in feedback
0: yeah, <laughs> well,
2: I, I've heard so I remember hearing somebody say. I don't remember if it was somebody I know or if it was online that the idea of that is that at that point Django takes control of the movie that Quentin Tarantino no longer has control of his own movie that Django is is gonna you know what I'm saying that's a neat that's That's kind of a neat idea like Like, the director explodes on camera and now it's it's Django's movie like he's gonna guide you the rest of the way I
1: mean that would tie into kind of what he had that that whole reminding you of it's a movie exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
2: here's your director now he's dead you know that's
1: (laughs) I mean I mean that's the thing and that's uh, it's an interesting thing throughout I mean Scorsese does it a lot too. Um, Last Temptation of Christ ends like that. it Ends with like a film strip melting, <laughs> yeah. and it's a really cool ending. So, um, there are a lot of directors who do that. I think it's a neat thing if you can pull it off. But
3: oh.
0: I wanted to make a pain and gain dig in the non spoilers. <laughs> it's like this is a movie where there's mostly just deplorable characters. Nobody that you can really get behind, but yet I still find it compelling and interesting and worth watching. So fuck you painting it now. But still, important to note for me.
2: (laughs) Should we talk about the bet real quick? I know people are in
0: huge suspense now. Yeah, waiting with bated breath. Uh,
2: Who'd you you pick, Alex? I had
0: Bruce Dern. uh,
2: (laughs) How'd that work out for you? as,
0: (laughs) As soon as Sam Jackson walks in and you realize that that Bruce Dern is a Southern general. I, w- I leaned over to Willie and I was like, oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, who guessed that Walton Goggins was going to die right out of the I, <laughs> I, I was immediate, Like I was like, well, Walton Goggins is definitely dead. And he's one of the few that make it to the end. So, yep. Yep. yeah, that was yeah, it wasn't my day for making wagers, I guess.
2: I had Tim Roth. Yep. Although, although... <laughs> I will argue that we don't know that I lost technically cuz he's still moving around. Yeah, I mean it's it's mm-hmm. it's pos- he's everybody dead, in
0: this movie will die at some point. Yes. But as for who dies on screen Tim no, Roth I, is, a, is a potential but yeah. I
1: made it close, but I lost. I think technically I had Sam Jackson. So technically i won, right. Yeah. yeah, but but if I Tim Roth's going to die first. Yes. Oh yes. If he's not already dead, yeah. Sam's gonna die next. Yeah. Yep. And then, well, Walt God is actually gonna. He be might the actually one make dies, it. Dies last. It's um, possible. Yeah. It all depends on. Yeah, I guess it all depends on. I mean, they're all they're all dead. I think. Yeah. I think um, they're all. It, it all depends on if you believe whether or not there's a more of the game coming. Because um, more of the game game coming, then then they're
2: screwed. They're Everybody's.
1: Dead. Um. Either way, I think they're all. I think they're all goners, But. Um,
2: In the most horrible ways possible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it gets really, really bloody. Yeah, the movie does
2: kind of take a turn. And it's not an unexpected turn, but it does... There is a shift um, from this kind of slow, methodical... uh, I don't know how to explain it. That very spaghetti western style of, of kind of crawling your way to that... The big action and the climax and stuff. Cause, because those... we Tim, you've talked about this, how certain directors that are trying to ape films of the 70s or grindhouse movies or a certain type of genre they grew up liking... Uh, ones that are trying to make their own versions of those movies, sometimes they get it wrong. Yeah, because they forget. Uh, you've you're, you've <laughs> said this to me multiple times. They forget that a lot of grindhouse movies are really boring for a long period of time. Yeah. and instead, and I think you use Planet Terror, the Rob Rodriguez, yes. correct? Because it just goes balls to the wall from beginning to end. Planet
1: Terror is a fun movie. The problem is, I don't necessarily think it's technically what a grindhouse movie is because it's, uh, it's right. such a. It's. I mean, it's more of a. Planetary feels more in line with something like a Dead Alive or an Evil Dead Two to me. Where yeah, it's just kind yeah. of a blast of gore all over the it's
2: place. It's almost more of like an '80s horror movie. Than yeah, a...
1: and I don't necessarily—I've never considered Evil Dead Two a Grindhouse movie. Mm-mm. It's a—it's a Looney Tunes horror movie. Yeah the, <laughs> be... yeah, the first one maybe would be first. First one's closer.
2: Yeah, yeah, but but anyway, so it's um, it started off more like that, where it really did feel like a true homage to those kinds of movies, because a lot of those spaghetti westerns. Are really really long and they're really really slow for a long time. Mm-hmm. If you're not into the dialogue, into the the um, the near silent journey that a lot of those characters take, then you're you're bored. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, as soon as a gun goes off, it's like this movie goes apeshit. Like there's mouth rape and <laughs> and then like it's all bets are off. But it's, when you come back from that intermission, all bets are off. Like you, you're going into not a different, a completely different movie, but you're going into a much more violent and brutal and yeah, yeah. Uh
0: yeah. Can we can we talk about the Sam Jackson Sam Jackson's story?
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: it's probably the most shocking moment of the movie. I really,
1: think. I mean, that was the point of the movie, and I I think I. I may have just said it to Willie, uh, but I I was like, it would not shock me if the second half of this movie, because it gets, and Sam Jackson is just cackling while he makes this Southern General's child before oral sex. Not child, but Uh, but it's his son, son, but yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, His son. Sorry. His adult (laughs) son. Hopefully you've seen
2: the movie and you know what we're talking about by now. George Lucas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he makes him perform oral sex on him, yeah. and then um, and, and just him cackles and implies badly. other things
0: as well. Uh huh. Um,
1: and it's it's horrifying. And I and I told I told Willie like, I, like at this point I, that was so crazy that it would not surprise me if like Sam Jackson was the devil and all these yeah. people were in purgatory. And <laughs> you really were just, thinking that for a one by there. one he was taking them down. I, I, that's what I was thinking the whole time. Um, but. I don't know what you guys, how you guys read it, um, if you thought that that was something that actually happened. Because I think that's an interesting...
0: I, it, it kind of, during that situation, it occurred to me that maybe he is just fucking with him just to get a rise out of him and, and kill him because he wants him out of the way. Because mm-hmm. if anybody is going to screw with anybody, it's the old Southern General against... Like him, the, this, Bruce Dern and Walton Goggins in this movie are not a good team. It's not, they're not people that you would want to be around in, in any kind of situation like that. So, you know, Sam Jackson's character has motivation to take care of at least one of them and, and, and he tries to do it in a lawful way. So I, I, I'd like to believe that it's just a story because to me that was just a really, really outlandish, uh, uh.
1: And it is, I mean, it's well established throughout the movie that Sam Jackson's character is a liar. Yeah. I mean, he's a, and he's a storyteller too. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. You wonder how much of his, the fables about him as a person are really true. You know, like how much of a war hero really is he, you know, I mean. And
0: he's also seen as, as like the whole. What? 20 minutes after the intermission it's him dissecting the situation as much as possible so so he's clearly got a lot of like mental acuity about him to kind of to put together and plan out that kind of thing of like this is how i'm going to take care of this general
2: yeah and, and it's funny because him and him and goggins are the two ones that, that like this not this i want to say the smartest people Others well, they might be the smartest people in the room um <laughs> But uh, there's <laughs> not a lot of smart people in this <laughs> no, movie. Yeah. I wouldn't even put Goggins
0: in that. I think but Goggins he's, but is... But
2: even Goggins is able to figure some things out. I that's mean, he, true. You that's know, true. He's, he's not a complete... He's not the... What I liked about his character... His character might be my favorite in the movie, actually. Because he starts off as exactly what you'd expect Walton Goggins to be playing <laughs> in a Western. Um, and what happens later with his character and the fact that he winds up making the decision to not kill... Not take the easy way out. Yeah. Um what happens there is not it, it's it's unexpected from that character but it makes sense for the story like it, it still makes sense to me like he seemed like one of those guys who was you know raised since day one by his 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 dad and whoever you know his mom and dad or whatever that you know this is the way the world is mm-hmm. and you know uh, you know african-americans are slaves and this is how you treat them yeah. and like he's he's you know he's a kid that grew up in the south that's the way he learned but it seems to me like he's He's a person who's like half decently well read. Actually, yeah. I think a lot of the stupid thing that he puts on is an act.
0: That's possible.
2: I like the vibe. That does
0: I, that does like melt away in that in the latter half? Absolutely
2: of the does. As soon as he needs to like stop bullshitting and realize that he his life isn't as soon as he almost drinks that coffee, yeah. his character changes and he goes into survival mode. Yeah. And when he goes into survival mode, he's a lot more cunning of a character than. Um, the first half of the movie would lead you to believe. And I really like that. And he's not redeemed by what he does at the end, but because he's still kind of a shithead. Like yeah. They all are. But, I mean, this time period in, in history, I think most people were shitheads, because <laughs> yeah. you had to be. Um, there weren't soft people like there are today. And that's not not a, I'm not condemning that or not I, mean, I don't know that is just what it is I mean that's how things were so I don't know he's he's an interesting character I really liked him a lot yeah um, I liked his transformation that well, he kind of goes through
0: what did you think about Sam Jackson's story because we were we yeah, yeah I'm sorry Sam
2: Jackson's that. story I I think that he did kill Brewster and son I think a lot of what yeah. was added afterwards is was added um because if Sam Jackson's character kind of says outright when he's having a conversation with Kurt Russell earlier on that he would shoot somebody in the head. Like That's the kind of guy he is. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't take the risk of keeping somebody alive. He, he literally comes out and says that. Why would you drag somebody around who's desperate and dangerous? Well, the guy he's dragging around naked in the snow might be naked in the snow, but he could fight back if he really had to. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. He, he, as soon as the kid turned on him, or said who he was or tried to kill Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson killed him. The rest of that stuff was added because he really, really needed that guy to pick up that gun. So he yeah. kept, he was out of the equation that way, yep. you know? So, yeah. I don't buy a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And the the cackling, I think the transition of him cackling while receiving, you know... Services. Services. Services rendered. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, him cackling while that's going on, and it fa- like it cuts to him doing the exact same posture and cackle in the... Yeah. In In the cabin. That feels like me like it's that fairy tale, like uh, that's the vibe I got. So plus I really I I kinda thought his character was interesting and that really bums me out if his character is that despicable. I don't know.
0: Um I wanted to talk briefly about Jennifer Jason Lee. Okay. Mm. Just kind of how I feel like when half of the main characters of the movie get blown away. Uh, after the after the intermission that when when more of the weight is put on her performance I think her performance buckles I didn't I I she she wasn't particularly convinced like a lot it felt like she was reading from a script and like her in her big moment to me where she's kind of trying to appeal to Sam Jackson and and Walton Goggins Mm -hmm. It, it just it didn't flow as naturally as I wanted it to and uh
2: I think a lot of them might have to do with those fucking teeth she had to put in. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah, they were pretty... You could tell she was having a hard time with that. I, That's I, I, true. I, a couple of times I was like, "Poor Jennifer." I, I liked her. I'll say that. I didn't. I didn't have an issue with her. Um, I thought
0: she was great up until that that okay. that situation. Like I thought, I thought she worked well in 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 most of those cases. Okay. but you know, it didn't quite.
2: All come together. She's never not gonna play a damaged woman, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's forever will be the Fast Times of Ridgemont High totally set the standard for Jennifer <laughs> Jason <laughs> Lee performances.
1: So. Yeah. Uh, um no, I yeah, I guess I didn't I I I can see what you're saying looking back on it now during that. Um because it, it it's also a mouthful, too. I mean yeah. there's a lot she has to spit out there. Yeah. And um a lot of exposition, but uh, it's her character, if you're squeamish, if you're a person who's squeamish about any sort of violence against women or use of racial slurs, <laughs> this is a movie. Oh, and because yeah. I've heard people, I've seen both of these things lobbed as complaints against the movie. And it's tough because this is, it, this takes place during Reconstruction, correct? Yes. That kind of time yeah. period. Yeah. And that's an ugly, ugly time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and these are all ugly, ugly characters. And, I get it. It gets kind of uncomfortable at times. When, so did
2: Django. So did Django. So did Inglorious Bastards. Actually, yeah.
1: And I kept thinking the whole time while we were in the theater, like, oh God, I hope Walt Goggins doesn't shoot Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> or like toward at the end there, I just kept Me thinking, too. like, oh, don't do that. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: that would like, have actually. That I think I would have had very different feelings about the movie if I. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because the way they, I mean, the way it's. That word is lobbed around a lot in the movie, and um, I can see that as a complaint. But it, it would be lobbed around a lot by these characters, and it's it's just a yeah yeah. So it's
2: yeah, it's uncomfortable to watch and I and to hear. But I think that I don't know. I, I'm glad that Tarantino's being truthful to that time period. I think a lot of people want to say that he has he makes ex, like he's using this stuff as an excuse to to ex, give that word exposure on film for an audience that is very uncomfortable. And you know what? That might be the case. Maybe he, maybe he throws a few extra of those in there because he wants people to feel uncomfortable. And, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like it gives that word any more power. I think maybe it gives it less power that people are hearing yeah. it and it's, people aren't afraid to say it the way his characters are saying it in these movies. And cause it, it was used and it's, it's it makes people uncomfortable. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't bother me, but I totally understand if it rubs people the wrong right. way.
1: Yeah, that's kind of
2: what I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and uh, you know, coming from a from a white director too, that can be a little uncomfortable. I think for some people, and mm-hmm. I get th- I get that. I mean, I don't think anybody should be using it personally, but it's part of history, and yeah, it's yeah. this part of history. So
0: it's better than kind of just believing things were sunshine and roses. And yeah, I, I, I did not like acknowledging that. I
2: did like when Kurt Russell's character. um Uses another racial slur to say, to say that they don't like to be called that racial slur. Like, like yeah. it, it's I can't obviously can't say any of this out loud, but he uses something. He uses one thing that's really offensive to dissuade somebody else from saying the other offensive thing. It just cracks me up because it's yeah. just like, what a weird time. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, um, anything else in the uh, Head explosion.
2: Oh, Benny Bashir's head exploding. This is a-
1: yeah, th- this is part of the reason why uh, I love Tarantino movies. Yeah, I love Tarantino because you can tell he's uh, he's a guy who grew up reading, like, Fangoria magazine. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he loves his gore, and the gore in this is, like, straight up Fangoria magazine gore. Like,
2: it's... The, <laughs> it's like Evil Dead 2 gore. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no, it is. stuff like,
1: like they would be celebrating in that magazine. It's fantastic.
2: It's great, yeah. I mean, like, like when you shoot... Uh, when, I mean, I... Typically, what I think when you shoot somebody in the head with a pistol, their head doesn't explode. No. Now, I've never seen it up close and I never want to. True. Maybe it does. But this man's head explodes yeah. like a cantaloupe. It's like no it's, longer it's there. gone. Um, and then, like, gone ball. I don't know much about Old West poison, but I don't think that you projectile vomit blood like spray 28 days later style blood over people's faces but he go he just does <laughs> i was it. wondering
0: how they how they did that, that, that
2: was, yeah. i was like honestly what? it could have been as simple as a hose that's behind the person yeah mouth. they hit it well because man
0: <laughs> i was like what are they doing
2: here but it was really funny it was like, like
0: somebody had like a spray bottle in their throat <laughs>
2: It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kurt
1: Russell's been in two very gory westerns this yeah. year. He's
2: taken a beating. And he's, <laughs> I mean, uh, like he really has. This one, He what he swallows poison, spits out his own insides. Yeah. Gets shot. Then gets shot in the chest. Then get his arms. cut. Co- shot arms? while dead. Yeah, yeah. He gets dismembered. Shot, shot a couple more times. And then gets <laughs> dismembered after death. And then we've talked about the other one, which I think might be worse for him. But yeah. they're both pretty rough. Yeah. The mustached Russell gets beat up a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy that he was in this film and uh, Furious 7 this year.
1: Yeah. Like, what, a, a what a good year. year. What a year. He had, had a very interesting year. So, <laughs> um, No, yeah, the gore in this movie. It's crazy. It's not... Well, other than that one scene um, with the projectile blood vomiting, um, it's not as cartoony as, say... Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Or even Django at the end, where he starts blasting everybody, gets a little bit people are
2: firing through walls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it's a and it's a lot of fun. And Django's supposed to be a lot of fun at the end of the movie. It's too. a comic book, man. It's it's himself. Yeah. yeah. It's it's you going, Yes. Burn it down, Django. Yeah. Uh, Django has my favorite like closing shot too, where he makes the horse start doing tricks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's awesome. Um and the other one, the other head explosion I loved. Was the Channing Tatum one? Oh, oh yeah. my god, we haven't even touched the Channing yeah. Tatum's in this movie. Yes, he <laughs> is. which
2: which he's listed in the opening credits, and I'm a little bummed about that.
0: Yeah, he's not on the
2: IMDb ad. See, and I'm a, yeah, I'm a little bummed about that. I wish they had kept that under wraps.
1: Yeah,
2: I wish they'd done a Kevin Spacey in Seven type thing where it was like he wasn't listed opening, but he got the first bill. Closing. Like yeah, and also that, he's starring, not, he's yeah. not on the poster either. So that's that's a little bit of a because it's so weird seeing Channing Tatum pop up in this movie. Yeah. And you know, Tarantino knew it was going to be weird. Yep, because um, the, the way he's revealed, <laughs> it pans down to a basement and there's Channing Tatum, a, a character we have not seen. Throughout the course of this entire movie, the whole thing is just crazy, and then you know the balls getting blown off.
1: Yeah, still. he blows off Sam Jackson's balls. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing's insane.
0: Plus, he has a French accent. It, it, it's just,
2: kind of, <laughs> sort of.
1: And it's so funny. It, it, they uh, they even comment kind of on how I thought they made a comment at the movie maybe on how pretty he is. They yeah, say yeah. something about his face, and then Sam Jackson blows it off, yeah. and it chunks fly all over his Yeah, his, his
2: face explodes like outward into the camera. It's, it's, yeah.
1: and, it's, and he's got to look at his face when it Because he,
0: he it. walks up and sees his sister, and is like, how are you doing? And then she's like, good, now that I see your ugly face. <laughs> yeah. And then, boom, <laughs> his, his face is
2: gone. And then, uh, uh, oh my god, Sam Jackson refers to him as a, oh, what did he refer to him as? A something, a something nut, nut shooter, like, what was
1: it? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. Oh, bushwhacking like A bushwhacking yep. ball shooter or something. Yeah, like, yeah, ball blaster or something. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sam Jackson pretty much goes Sam Jackson mode in the second half yeah. of the movie after giving um, a performance. <laughs> kind of yeah. a nuanced. Yes. Yeah. But actually, uh, Sam Jackson is really good in this. Um, yeah. For people burnt out on Sammy J, I would suggest <laughs> watching. And anything it's, even with believable,
0: him in- it's even believable that who he is becomes Sam Jackson. After, like, having his nuts blown off. Like, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, like, it, 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 what else? He's just really
2: pissed and delirious. Yeah. All and
1: pretenses are dropped now. Essentially,
0: yeah. Sam Jackson is who you would be if, if your balls got blown <laughs> off.
1: Yeah, you
2: throw on a Kangol hat, and then you just start shouting yep. out stuff people. Yep.
1: Like. Um, thematically, I wanted to touch on a couple of things, because I'm still chewing it over in my head. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some interesting race relation stuff in this and i'm not quite and even gender
2: and yeah yeah
1: um stuff in this i'm not quite sure i grasp it i think it's i don't know if it's confused or if i'm just not getting it but it's it's weird the way uh, what's um is it what's her place called
2: oh i can't remember i can't remember haberdashery yeah the haberdashery minnie's Minnie's haberdashery
1: um the way the the different sorts of people that descend on it, you have, I mean, you have whites, a black, and then you have a group of people who all seem to be, well, there's an American and the rest, there's a couple of Im- immigrants as well. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. also a Mexican. And it's, it's an interesting way. I'm just not quite sure. Yeah. I grasp it. What all, what they all mean yeah. to the story and, and the ending, especially where. You have the you have a black man and a white man who just hang a woman. All the immigrants are dead. I'm not quite sure what it's saying. I, I, there's the scene at the end with the letter from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And it almost reads, I think it does read like, it, it's saying, the last two movies are revisionist history. I did. Like, this is kind of, like, we've, this guy made up a story about, like, We we stayed true to nothing. We've kind of screwed it up. Um, and it starts here, and it's continued. Yeah, time. It, there's almost that. Yeah, because it, it, he like,
2: throws away... I mean, it's a fake letter, and they know this. Yeah. But like, it's almost like um, the crumbling up of the letter and, and throwing it away is like Lincoln was garbage. Like, Or like, like, yeah,
1: we did not honor what he intended. Uh, we didn't honor yeah, what the, Lincoln the, wanted. The end
0: of slavery and, and like all of that was kind of just a farce. Yes. Which is something's still playing out nowadays. And I think know? it's an
1: interesting choice. As
0: three white guys in a room, <laughs> we have little...
1: Clearly the authorities here. Yeah. It's an interesting choice to make Walt Goggins' character a former Confederate... Uh, he's a Confederate rebel, correct? Yeah. And someone who's going to be in charge of a town as a sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an interesting thing that he's the one that has judgment over people. Yeah. And... Or that would have judgment over people if you survive, so I think that plays into it um the treatment of jennifer jason lee's character it's tough though because she is just such a horrible person too so uh, yeah
2: yeah, but if maybe, you feel bad because you don't like watching I mean I don't like watching anybody get beat up but yeah. especially a woman i mean that's it's tough to watch you don't this amount of violence against a woman in a movie you don't see very often, especially when it's technically your female lead. Yeah. And but but she is such a like a really just nasty, disgusting person. But then he, he doesn't he makes the point not to really go into specifics of what she did. Like you know she's a killer, but you have no idea how bad. She, I mean you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I don't know. She's part of a gang, and you don't really know what the gang was up to.
2: No, you never really get a vibe of how, just how. Except for the
0: fact that they're apparently okay just murdering a bunch of innocent people at Minnie's haberdashery.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's like, another thing. But yeah. she doesn't kill anybody. Not, not one person we see, in this movie. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, no,
0: she kills, she kills, uh, she technically kills Kurt.
2: Yeah, that's true. She shoots him. That's true. Although but, he was already pretty well Yeah. There.
1: <laughs> there's a, um oh, I'm not checking my watch Sorry. <laughs> I was just fidgeting. You got somewhere to be to? No. <laughs> I felt, uh, there's another, uh, Spike Lee has a movie out called Chirac this week. And it's very interesting to me that these two movies came out kind of around the same time period between two people that (laughs) don't seem to get along, but I don't want to spoil too much about that movie. It also has Sam Jackson in it. Um, but it's a movie that it, it's a movie that basically says, we're all in this together. We've screwed it up, but we can still do something about it. And this movie says, we're all in this together, but we've totally screwed it up. Like yeah. what are we doing? Uh this is this is a very it, it's really mad at everybody. Yeah. It is. I mean, and it's it's not a hopeful movie. Well, and I think <laughs>
2: what's funny is that the previous two movies that Tarantino's done before this, and I think that I've, this, these are almost a trilogy. It almost feels like they're very similar in style and stuff. I think the last three movies he's made. Yeah. Um, but like *Inglorious Bastards* wants you to be angry at Nazis and feel good when Nazis get killed. It's pretty easy to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Django wants you to be angry at uh, slave owners <laughs> and 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 cheer when they die. It's pretty easy to do that. But these people are all like shades of gray. Yeah. Like none of them are good, and none of them are completely evil. I don't think. Right. I don't know. It's just really, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, I I don't know. Like there's no, there's no focal point for your anger. There's no focal point for his anger. So he's just angry at everybody. (laughs) And and like, it comes off very, like very uh, nihilistic and like very cynical and yeah, which is normally something I'm not nuts about, but he portrays anger as an emotion through his movies in such an entertaining way. And in like a cathartic way that I can't be mad at him for it. Like a lot of directors, when they get cynical about stuff and their, their careers start to reflect that cynicism, I get tired of their movies. I'm like, I don't want to, and I mean, who knows, maybe if if the next Tarantino movie or two are this dark and cynical, I might get tired of him as a director, but this one, I'm okay with him, you know, kind of letting that out. And I wonder how much of this, I never read the script that leaked i don't know how different it is from this version of it i don't know if it's the exact same but i wonder if some more of that anger and stuff bled in because of how angry he was with the script leaking and then you know all that stuff. i wonder if that's
0: well and then on top of that like even just to pull in other thing where he partook in that march for black lives matter that kind of thing clearly those are themes that he's kind of looking at here Mm -hmm. uh or at least that's something that we can kind of ascribe to it whether or not it was intentional i think no, I think so. I think it had
2: to be. But. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think the Walt Goggins character kind of plays into that. Yeah.
2: yeah sparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really sparing Sam Jackson's character isn't interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: so. Well, but even like his position as like well, an yeah. authority oh, yeah. too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it works on a few different things. So.
1: Kurt Russell's the character I would, at some point, that's a character that I would like sit down and dissect. Because he's one I, Yeah. Quite got a handle on it. I, I think he's. Oh, sorry. I think the thing is that
0: he's I, to me, he seems the least dimensional out of all of them because he's just very much this is my money and I don't trust any of you
2: with it. He's a very classic Western movie character, and I think that his lack of depth is completely intentional. It's, I think yeah. that Tarantino said. Tarantino knows his style and he knows that people know what his style is. And I think, t- like, literally plucking Kurt Russell, who is known for, I mean, really hasn't done a ton of westerns, but is known as kind of that type of actor. He's
1: kind of the, he's kind of an American male.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It had plucked uh, Kurt Russell up and just dropped him in his world and his playground. That's what makes it so much fun. He's like, kind is of the, it's, the straight guy in the crazy comedy. Exactly. Yeah. He's the guy that... He's kind of the tether for people that are coming in for a Western. Yeah. And then once this story gets crazy enough, we can let him go and we can carry on with the crazy. I think he's kind of a... He's kind of a... He's
0: the cypher. or Almost, yeah. He's yeah. kind
2: of that... He. I think he's good for an audience who's going in expecting a Western. Yes. Which it is, but it's not your average Western. And I think he's good in the sense of he's... Like I said, here's a very traditional Western character. Let's see how he interacts with Tarantino's writer, like yeah. writing, because he's not a very Tarantino type character, even.
1: No, it's a, and it's an interesting choice to make him kind of like a John Wayne, Clint Eastwood type character, and then make him completely ineffective and kind of a dummy. Like yeah. he gets duped, um, yeah. a, a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, one
2: time to his own.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's that is kind of the stuff I uh, I wanted to chew on a little more at some point because he's he's an interesting. Yeah, character.
2: He's a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, he's great. Yeah. All
2: right. Any final thoughts? Go see it if you like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. If you don't, then don't go see it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then why you're listening to this? Fair enough.
1: And if you get a chance to see it in the 70 millimeter, I say do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. As
0: somebody who enjoys movies. It's a good experience,
2: and I'm normally not one to. I've never been. I've, I've said this before on the podcast. I don't really care how I watch a movie. Usually, like I don't. I, I don't care if it's an if I have the choice between IMAX or going to a theater closer to me. I probably will You're go like, to a the eh. theater closer to yeah. me because it just I'm I'm there for the story, not for the the event, yeah. the the cinematic event. But this one is 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 different and unique, and I think it adds to the the story. Yeah. So.
0: Feedback at com. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook, Vine, and iTunes. Please check us out in those places. com has all previous 158-plus bonus episodes with full show notes. So go there if you want to skip over Spoiler Terry and other things that you don't want to hear us talk about. And uh, com. You can shop there, and part of the money that you spend will come to us So we can make our show and network even better. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Top 5 Games of 2015 is coming out on Midwest Game Nerds uh, sometime soon. So take a look for that. And then uh, also we gotta get a we gotta get some child's play going on for the okay. franchise at some <laughs> oh, point. Oh, we we're gonna
1: do that. We yeah. are both on the last child's play movie, which was the entire reason I wanted to rewatch it. <laughs> the series is so I could watch that. At this point, I going to watch. It Maybe all I'll, again. I'll crank it out this weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah. We we can we can
2: figure something. It'll out. It'll be that, here soon.
0: That's in the works.
2: And I'm sorry, David Steele, that we couldn't get to the fight the franchise series you wanted to come out in December. It's not going to come out in December, clearly. So I'm sorry for that. We still care about you and love you very much. But we will do it at some point, we promise.
0: Alright. That's about it. Kyle X-Y, go watch a movie.